RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The government says a flight ban on Britain and Ireland could be lifted in a matter of days. Health officials say a case of the mutant coronavirus strain could be local in origin. And the health secretary says the government may shorten the quarantine period for fully vaccinated people returning to the SAR. The government says its flight ban for the UK and Ireland could be lifted on Friday if the coronavirus situation there and in Hong Kong remains largely unchanged. The travel ban has been in place since December when a mutant strain of COVID-19 surfaced in the UK. The government says the coronavirus situation in Britain has improved and also cited the UK's relatively good vaccination rate. Incoming travellers would have to test negative three days before boarding their flight and they'd have to have proof of a booking for a quarantine hotel in Hong Kong for three weeks. A domestic helper from the Philippines has tested positive for the N501Y mutant strain of COVID-19. That's one of four new COVID infections reported in Hong Kong and is suspected of being local. The centre also addressed questions about a shopping mall in Tung Chung after it emerged three people with a highly contagious coronavirus variant had been there, with two visiting a nearby restaurant on April 11th. Dr Chuang Shukwan was asked why mandatory tests were arranged for restaurant staff and customers given that they went there three weeks ago. Because the two patients have visited there on 11th of April, so in case there's any transmission there, the staff or other visitors to that restaurant might be affected. I don't think the incubation period is especially long, but if they are still carry the virus, we would like to catch them and stop further transmissions. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says the government is planning to shorten the quarantine period for people returning to Hong Kong who are fully vaccinated. At a LegCo panel on health services meeting, DAB lawmaker An Shang urged the minister to do more to encourage people to get vaccinated, saying there aren't enough incentives for them at the moment. In response, Professor Chan said experts have agreed to shorten the quarantine period to 14 days for returnees who have taken both doses and authorities are now working on the arrangement. Speaking through an interpreter, the health chief said the government is also looking into whether it could shorten the quarantine period for close contacts of someone confirmed with the coronavirus who's fully vaccinated. For the close contacts, once they're vaccinated, uh, can their quarantine period be shortened as well? We are proactively addressing it. Of course, we need to look at whether this is the uh, generic strain or the mutant strains. After vaccinated, they will offer some degree of protection. Therefore, there will be no, some difference. And the chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the government's not actually made up its mind on whether to go ahead with a plan to require foreign domestic helpers to be vaccinated against coronavirus in future. Jimmy Choi reports. The plan, which will require all migrant domestic workers to be inoculated in order to secure visa renewals, was announced on Friday, with the administration also demanding that all helpers be tested for COVID-19 by May the 9th. But before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Chief Executive Carrie Lam said the plan's justifications and its feasibility is being reviewed by the Labour and Welfare Bureau. She said officials will consult experts and consuls general to see whether the plan will create many other problems. Migrant workers' groups have slammed the plan, saying it amounts to stigmatism. 
A decision to order mandatory tests for the city's 370,000 migrant domestic workers was defended by Mrs Lam, though, who insisted that it was not discriminatory. Mrs Lam said proper measures need to be taken considering their risk assessment, as foreign domestic workers have a habit of attending gatherings on weekends while their work involves taking care of young children and the elderly. The chief executive added that the policy is in line with the government's past infection control measures, saying tens of thousands of care home workers are also required to get tested every two weeks. Retail sales by value grew 20% year-on-year in March, but the government says the surge reflected an exceptionally low base of comparison. It pointed out that retail sales performance was still way below pre-pandemic levels, with volume for the first quarter 32.5% down from the same period in 2019. The government said that consumer sentiment has improved since mid-February after some social distancing measures were relaxed. It also warned that the retail sector still faces challenges in the near term because inbound tourism is still effectively at a halt. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The Civil Human Rights Front says it will not comply with police demands that it hand over information on its finances and activities as the force probes whether the pro-democracy group should be outlawed. Damon Pang reports. Police had accused the Civil Human Rights Front of violating the society's ordinance. It had given the pro-democracy group a Wednesday deadline to respond to its questions on why the group was not registered under the ordinance and the public gatherings it had organised since 2006. But the Front, which organises the annual July the 1st protest and held a number of mass rallies in the earliest days of the anti-extradition movement in 2019, said it won't comply and denied the police allegation that it is an illegal society. Convener Figo Chan said the accusation is a surprising one. Why would the police and many government departments cooperate with an illegal society all along? He said in a response that was also made public. Mr Chan noted that during legal proceedings, police had described the group as a very good brand that had cooperated with the force over public processions. He also pointed out that former Chief Executive C.Y. Lung had called those at the front his friends when he spoke to the media in 2013. He called on authorities to uphold basic law together and defend basic human rights, democracy and freedom. Speaking to the media, Mr Chan pointed out he was just a primary school pupil 15 years ago and no group would have kept records going back 15 years. Even if we had, we wouldn't submit it, he said. Mr Chan added his group's bottom line is to defend the freedom of association as stipulated in the mini-constitution. Last week, the police also demanded answers as to why the group had issued a joint statement to the United Nations last December with more than 20 other groups demanding that the mainland and Hong Kong governments respect human rights. The front did not respond to the question. A woman has been jailed for 30 months for assaulting her two children by pouring boiling water over them. As Wang Yinting reports, the district court judge slammed the defendant for showing no remorse. The 37-year-old, who was not named in the district court so as to protect the identity of her children, has earlier pleaded guilty. She had pleaded for leniency, saying she had suffered a great deal of emotional and physical stress, being the only person in the family responsible for taking care of her two children, both of whom have special educational needs. But Judge Catherine Lowe dismissed those arguments, saying the defendant was obviously not remorseful as she had laughed at her seven-year-old son after pouring hot water over his face and forehead. 
The mother even live-streamed the abuse to her husband through a video call, Judge Lo noted. She said the incident caused substantial injuries to the two children, including a scold measuring 20 cm by 20 cm on her son's back, as well as burns and redness on her 10-year-old daughter's scalp. Other wounds, believed to have been the result of past abuse, were also found on the children's bodies. It's always been said that the court has the responsibility to protect children, while violence to children must be deterred, the judge said. She stressed a deterrent sentence was needed to reflect the gravity of the offence, adding that people should report any suspected child abuse cases to the authorities. A coroner's jury has called for staffing levels to be increased at homes for people with disabilities after ruling that the death of a teenager who fell from a Kwai Chung home was accidental. Maggie Ho reports. The 14-year-old boy who had a moderate intellectual disability and autism fell from the Hong Kyu home in Kwai Chung on August 23, 2016. A five-member jury ruled unanimously that the death was an accident and made a number of suggestions to improve safety at private homes for the disabled. For the Hong Kyu home in particular, the jurors said surveillance cameras should be installed, empty rooms should be locked and staff must make sure they have enough rests. In general, the jurors said the minimum manpower requirement for such homes should be increased and a time limit should be imposed for any staff members leaving their posts on a temporary basis. The jurors also said a merit point system should be introduced so any homes found to have committed serious blunders get marks deducted or even have their licenses revoked. Among other things, the jurors said the government should provide training for staff at disability homes. Overseas now, and the Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison says it's highly unlikely that Australians who skirted a travel ban to India would be jailed. A temporary travel ban between India and Australia began yesterday with penalties of up to five years in prison and a hefty fine for anyone who tries to flout it. But it provoked a widespread backlash with critics calling it immoral and some experts saying it may also be illegal. India's main opposition Congress party has urged the government to declare a nationwide lockdown as the number of coronavirus cases surged past 20 million. The senior Congress leader Rahul Gandhi said there was no other way to stop the virus spreading. A party spokesman said health services had virtually collapsed with people calling for medical aid on social media. And the Indian Premier League, the world's richest cricket tournament, has been suspended after some players tested positive for coronavirus. An Indian cricket board official said they would try to hold the matches in the next available window, but no date had been fixed. Here's the BBC's Rahul Tendon. I think questions are now being asked about why it was even taking place in India. There was a proposal put forward to the IPL's governing council before it started a few weeks ago to move the tournament to the United Arab Emirates. My understanding is that most of the council were in favour of that plan as cases were really rising in India. But the secretary of the Indian Cricket Board, Jay Shah, who is the son of the Indian Home Minister, Amit Shah, vetoed those plans and was fairly insistent that they take place in India. So not surprisingly, given the importance of cricket in India, politics not far away from some of the decisions that have been taken. And scientists say they found out how the powerful antibiotic colistin plant manages to kill bacteria so effectively. British and American researchers say they've pinned down the exact way it punches hole in both the outer and inner membranes of bacteria, popping them like balloons. They say the discovery holds out the hope that they can further improve it. 
Mexico City's mayor has launched an investigation into the collapse of a metro overpass last night, which killed at least 23 people. Dozens were injured as train carriages plunged onto a busy road below. The BBC's Will Grant is at the site. The teams here have worked through the night. They are now working into the first hours of the morning. It is a harrowing scene behind me where I've been able to see the damaged bridge itself, of course, the ambulances, the police in huge numbers here. This is a great shock to the residents of Mexico City who quite simply didn't expect anything like this on what is the most modern line of this subway system, the second busiest subway system in North America. And the first direct talks in more than two years between foreign ministers of the G7 industrialised nations are taking place in London. Delegates from India, Australia, South Africa, South Korea and Brunei are also attending. The BBC's Rob Watson says attending the meeting, hosting the meeting is important for Britain. They're hoping to bask in a certain sense of a bit of normality returning as the place where we started, the idea that diplomats, uh, foreign ministers can be in the same room. I think specifically uh, the Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has talked about this idea of the, the G7 agreeing on some kind of a mechanism whereby they could rebut disinformation that's spread around in Western countries by the likes of Russia, China and Iran as they see it. Sports now. The English Premier League is set to bring in a new owner's charter to stop future attempts to form a breakaway Super League. All owners will have to sign up to the new rule committing them to the core principles of the Premier League, with breaches punished by significant sanctions. It follows the Big Six agreeing to join the failed European Super League last month. The Premier League says it's determined to hold the clubs accountable for their actions. In snooker, Englishman Mark Selby is celebrating his fourth world title. He held off compatriot Sean Murphy 18 frames to 15 in the final in Sheffield. Selby joins Stephen Hendry, Steve Davis, Ronnie O'Sullivan and John Higgins as the only players to have won the world championship four times. Absolutely incredible, you know. Um, every time you get to a world final, you always try that. You try your hardest because it's such a tough tournament to get there. You never know whether it's going to be your last or not, so... As I said before, to win it once against O'Sullivan for the first time was a dream come true, but to, to win it four times is just only something I can dream of. That's my aim, to try and get back to number one. Uh, obviously, you still have goals in your career. One of them was to try and get back to number one, so I'm going in the right direction. And Jose Mourinho will take over as coach of Roma on a three-year deal from next season. Mourinho, who was sacked by Premier League club Tottenham last month, will replace fellow Portuguese Paulo Fonseca, who's leaving Roma at the end of the current campaign. Mourinho returns to Italy, where he led Inter Milan to the treble in 2010. He also won the Champions League with Porto in 2004 and three Premier League titles with Chelsea. Roma is currently seventh in the Serie A. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The government says a flight ban on Britain and Ireland could be lifted in days. Health officials say a case of the mutant coronavirus strain could be local in origin. And the health secretary says the government may shorten the quarantine period for fully vaccinated people returning to the SAR. The news from RTHK.
Getting us started for the second hour for the Late Show for this Tuesday, the 4th of May, 2021. That is Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. I'm Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray. The world's most durable DJ is safe and sound. He's sheltering in place during this current COVID spike. He will return as soon as it's safe to do so. So instead of all the way with Ray, it's some of the way with Simon. From now till one, got going to slow things down in ten minutes with some assorted ballads and easy listening, working a hint of that late night nostalgia. But right now, John Parr. 